Are we having fun? Enjoying church this morning? A little bit different as family church. We're all in here. I think, children, you've been very patient. You've been very good. I know there's a pack if you want to start calling. If you get bored of me, I'm okay. You know, if you make a noise, that's okay. Just be yourself and enjoy. Hopefully for the next 10, 15 minutes, you can listen to what we believe is the most important message on the planet. Um, It's not from me. It's from God himself who sent a message for you. And if you can believe that, we believe it's the greatest message because it gives us hope. Okay, and he offers us something amazing. And And that's why we call Good Friday, Good Friday, even though it didn't look good. Hindsight, as Chris said this morning, is an amazing thing for us because we see Jesus come back to life and conquer death. That's the message that God, and I want to talk to you that a little bit this morning. And, you know, I was trying to think how it would have been for the disciples when Jesus died on the cross. He was promised them a new kingdom. He promised they believed the king was going to come and take over and all of the, all of the um, oppression and rule the Romans. They believed that Jesus was going to set them free from that, but then he died. I was thinking, how would, what kind of event would I kind of imagine watching an event and expecting something but something? And it took me, I do apologize if you're not a fan, it took me to Britain's Got Talent. So I've got one person who's going to listen to me in the room then. So just, just bear with me. I'm not a massive fan of it, but just to give you an idea, imagine going watching Britain's Got Talent, and there's a guy on there, it was one the other week, and I was watching him, and they hung him up, and they, they, they put him in a, in a straight jacket, fastened him up as, you know, one of these, you know, stupid things that people do, and he'd got to escape before the fire that he set him on light. I mean, how stupid. They set him, they put petrol on him, they set him on light, and he'd got to get out and escape before the actual, before he died. And it just got me thinking, a little bit like, imagine how they felt watching Jesus. They expected him to escape and to conquer and to do, and all of a sudden he died. And I just imagine if I was watching Britain's Got Talent and we expected him to escape and he didn't. Oh dear, I've lost you. But imagine how it would be that we were watching him, expecting him get out and all of a sudden he burns alive. And it's like, no, nope, we're not putting that on the live show. Cut it off. Imagine how they'd be. Imagine Simon Cowell's face. He'd have a new expression. Right? He'd just be like, oh. And that's what I reckon the disciples were like. They expected something, but it didn't happen. And they would have been devastated, confused, doubt, denial. There was people in denial. They, you know, they, they, they didn't believe in God and they, they'd given up what God had promised and they, they thought it was all over. And that's kind of how I imagine it. Watching this great thing of this, this escape artist or something to happen, something amazing that didn't happen. But then imagine you come into the live shows of Britain's Got Talent. And the, and the people who got through, got through, and they're all on there expecting. And all of a sudden, Bob, whoever his name is, turns up. You know, he died, he went to hospital, and they announced that he was dead. But all of a sudden, Bob just walks on the stage. Hey, how are you doing, Simon? Simon's like, this isn't what's gone on, this is a trick. And the guy knows, no, 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 that was part of my plan. That was part of what I wanted to do as my trick for you. Nobody saw it coming. You all thought I died. Yeah, I did die, but it was part of the trick. And you'd be like, did that actually happen? Simon would be going, no, I don't believe this. It was, a fa- it was obviously a trick. No, Simon, we took him to the hospital. He died. But he's come for next stage live show. And I reckon that's how people felt when it happened. Some people believed it. Some people didn't. People were confused. Did Jesus actually come back alive? And that's for you to think about and question and make any decision on. Because, you know, why all the fuss? I've called this, why all the fuss? Why do we make a fuss about this today? 
The reason we make a fuss about this today is because there's nothing or nobody in the world who is able to solve the problem of death. No one. There are scientists, there are amazing creative people in the world, but no one has sought this problem out of dying. Apart from what we're hearing about today. But why did Jesus have to die? Why did he have to do that? Why did he have to go to the cross? Why did he have to... I'm going to read a scripture. I'm just going to skip on for the next scripture, guys. Sorry. Romans 6 verse 23 says this. For the wages of sin is death. This doesn't seem very good news this morning. It does get good news because the next part explains why. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, the problem why Jesus had to come was because we've all sinned. And the wages or the cost of that sin is death. Now, I don't know about you, but if, if I've got to pay the wage for my sin, and I have sinned, I'm a sinner. The Bible says we've all fallen short, we've hurt somebody or we've been hurt. We're made in the image of God, but that has been corrupted and we've all damaged someone or been damaged ourselves. We've all hurt God, it says, by our behavior. And I, I don't know about you, but I have not got anything to pay death with. There's no currency in the world apart from your death when you die that pays for your sin. So there's no one who walks around and says, you know what? I've got some currency that you can pay that with. Pay your wages. Imagine when you go on holiday, you'll all go on holiday. Some of you may go abroad and you'll need a foreign currency to use in that country. And you'll go to the Bureau of Exchange and you'll take, did you like that? French. It's the only French I remember. Bureau de Change. It's the only French I remember. Still don't know what it means, but I go there. So you go to the Bureau of Exchange and you take your money and where you're going to, you get the exchange rate and you get the money what is needed for to operate in that foreign country. Does that make sense? But the problem is, if you're going to exchange life and everlasting life, you need the currency of death. There ain't no one walking around going, I've got some death currency. You have that, that'll save your life. Does that make sense? There is no death currency around. Apart from your life when you die, that is the death penalty for sin. So Jesus comes to fulfill, this is my first point, God fulfilled his promise to fulfill the law which says all have fallen short and the wages of sin Paul writes in Romans the wages of that sin is death and we're all facing death but God came to fulfill that wage to pay the wage for you so that you don't have to pay that wage but Jesus came to pay it for you he has the currency And he wants to exchange what is on this earth for what is in heaven. And I don't know about you, but I want to be alive forever. I didn't always believe in this. I had questions. I wasn't sure. But you know what I've found is this. I've found a God who offers a currency from heaven in exchange for my currency on earth. That's a pretty good deal. Does anybody want that deal? You see, it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. The gift The exchange for your sin and your death, the consequences of your sin, the exchange of that, I'll take all your sin and I'll exchange it for a gift of forgiveness and everlasting life. What comes with that exchange is this, the righteousness of God 
through faith in Christ Jesus. So God exchanges your sin and he offers righteousness. So that now you become right with God, you have access into heaven. And heaven can invade earth while you're here. What that comes with is peace. Well, I'm right with God now through believing in Jesus. Now I have peace with God. My heart is at peace. I'm at rest. I don't need to strive or struggle. I can find contentment in who I am, be at rest and be at peace. This is who God made me to be. Plus, we get peace and we get joy. The joy of knowing that our life now, even though it, Jesus says, even though you'll die, you shall live forever. Now, I have a joy this morning, not because of my circumstances, but because of that promise, what Jesus promises. So you get righteousness, you get peace, and you get joy. In exchange for your foreign currency of sin, unforgiveness, shame, guilt, you can trade it this morning for the righteousness and the peace and the joy of knowing Jesus Christ. That's a pretty good exchange, would you agree? You see, God fulfilled his promise that he promised in the scriptures and through the prophets. That he had to pay the wage for each one of us. Not just for believers, but for all people, he would pay the wage. That's why Jesus had to die on the cross. He was paying the wage for our sin. The fullness of God's, the fullness of sin would be paid through the most precious thing to God. God himself, God's son on the cross. You see, God fulfilled his promise. What does that mean to us today? When we look at the story, we hear about the resurrection, Jesus coming back to life. How many people in this world have come back to life after three days of being dead? I haven't found anybody in the world who's found the solution to death. Only God himself has found the solution to death. Only Jesus has found the solution to death. You can strive, you can strain, you can worry, you can be anxious, you can sweat about it. But I'm telling you, Jesus has the answer to death. That's the hope, that's why we're getting excited, that's what the fuss is about. God died. Jesus died and I've just seen him come back to life after three days. Something happened. This man was a great teacher, he was a prophet, he spoke about God, but now what is going on is alive. I ain't seen anybody conquer death apart from Jesus. Many people saw it, testified and witnessed about it. So my point is this, Jesus is no longer dead, Jesus is alive. And for those who believe, he promises to send his Holy Spirit to live in you, to, to, to resurrect you and make you right with God, so that now you, you realize you are alive for eternity. That's what the fuss is about. God fulfilled his promise. Jesus is alive. And my last point is this, which is probably the most important point. If you take nothing else from this message, please listen to this message. It's a great story. It's great information. We can read the Bible. But if you don't get the heart of God behind what he's trying to say to us, you can misunderstand the Bible, Scripture, whatever anybody says to you, if you don't understand the heart or the spirit behind God. You see, when I look at the story of Jesus, I thought to myself, what got Jesus out of that grave? What's the most powerful substance on this planet? You might say diamonds or... I don't know, if you're a Superman fan, you may say kryptonite. Yeah? If you're from Wakanda, does anybody know Wakanda? Is it Librarian or something like that? Is it, am I right? 
Something like that. If you're not sure where that is placed, you need to travel a bit and find out where it is. It's not a real place. What's the most powerful substance? What got Jesus out the grave? I'll tell you what it was. Love. There's nothing as powerful as love and God's love for you. Jesus died on the cross for you because he loves you. But it, wasn't, it, it, it was love that, that was down in that grave that wasn't going to be contained by death. Because love is the most powerful substance you will come across in your life. And if you don't know you're loved, I would encourage you to listen to the message of God that Jesus died for you. He died on the cross. Why would God die on a cross? To pay for your sin, to pay for your disconnection from God so that you could be reconnected to God, know the peace of God and know the joy of God. It's the gift of God. John 3.16 says, well-known scripture, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is an amazing promise from God. We would be absolutely foolish not to open our hearts and receive the most wonderful gift on this planet that God promises. It's a message of faith. It's a message of hope. But more importantly, it's a message of God's love for you. So what do we do? What do we do with this message? We add something to it called faith. And we say, do you know what? I have a choice. God doesn't force us. He gives you the option to choose. And you can choose this God who loves you, who sent you a message through his son, who sent you a promise of eternal life through faith, trusting in, believing in Jesus Christ. You can accept it or you can reject it. There are many people in this world, billions of people over the years, who've heard it and accepted it. But there's billions of people who've heard it and rejected it. That's the wonderfulness of God who gives us free choice to choose. He doesn't control us. He just keeps giving us this message of love throughout our lives. So what do I do? I have to choose to respond to God's message, God's truth, and receive his heart or his spirit here on earth. If I don't receive that right now or at some point, the Bible says that I don't have eternity that is secure and safe. But it's only God that conquers death and gives me eternal life. So I'm going to give you a choice this morning. Is that okay? And I've got some of these cards to give out. And if you've got some questions, I don't expect you to respond today and say, I want to be a Christian. But just to give you, you might do, you might be ready to hear this message of love and say, do you know what? I want to respond to this message. And on this card, there are four symbols. The first one is a heart. And that's just to say that God loves you. Before anything else, before what you've done, you know, wherever you've been in life, the first thing you need to know that God loves you unconditionally, no matter what past you've got. The second thing is, it says, I have sinned, we've all fallen short. The third thing says, Jesus died for me to pay for my sin. And the fourth symbol is a question mark. What will you do with it? Will you follow Jesus and trust in him or will you just reject him? No matter what you do this morning, God still loves you and will keep telling you he loves you through various means. Is that okay? Why all the fuss? Because God's conquered death. And now he offers us that same power through his spirit that was in Jesus to live in us and to resurrect us. Not just when we die, but it can actually resurrect us now and give us new life. 
So I'm going to pray a prayer. If we just bow our heads, I know some of the kids might be moving around a little bit. It's just a prayer that I'm going to pray. So let's just, you can pray this prayer with me. If you want to make a decision to receive, recognize you we're a sinner, we fall short. But there's a God who loves you and wants to forgive you and offer you a new life. It says this, dear God, thank you that you love me and have a good plan and purpose for my life. I'm sorry for ignoring you and doing things my way. I realize now that my sin has hurt you and the people around me. And for this, I'm truly sorry. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life for me and took the punishment for my sin. Please forgive me and help me now. By the power of your Holy Spirit, as I decide to live only for you. Amen.